Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Dr. Carly Barker, welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here this wonderful Sunday afternoon. I, it might be a little earlier for you, I think. Um, no. No? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> But I'm grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about your new book, Nightlight, My Soul Calling, Body Listening, Heart Speaking. I love the title. But we're good. Yeah, I I do because there's things we don't listen to. What is our soul saying about things? Do we listen to our body? Often not. We disregard it. I know I do. Uh, And we often disregard our heart and go straight for our brain all the time and just reason and forget to put in what does the heart have to say about things. But today we're going to talk about loss, grief and how to work through that to a renewed life. Um, And you've helped so many patients uh, as a psychotherapist. Um, But before we go to all of that, I'd love to share what even brought you to creating your book. Well, my next birthday is um, 80. And so, uh, you know, I'm very aware that the sand is flowing through the glass and I've outlived all my grandparents who were immigrants. They all died in their 40s and my parents died younger than I am, considerably younger than I am. So, you know, these things start to (laughs) they start to kick in. But the other thing, honestly, Christina, is for my daughter and my granddaughter, because when my mom was dying, I thought, oh, there's so many things I'd like to ask her. So I gave her a book. I said, mom, would you write down your pearls of wisdom? And she says, no, I can't do it. I said, oh, come on, mom, because English wasn't her first language. So I said, okay, I'm going to bring you paper. Just do it. Okay. (laughs) When I came back the next week at Madigan Hospital, the nurse said, what did you do to your mother? She's had us go to the commissary to get more notebooks. She's writing up a storm. And I treasure that so much, mm. so yeah. much. So I thought I need to leave a, a footprint because so many things came up for me. I wish I could have asked my grandparents. I wish I could say to my mom now, but she's gone and my dad. Mm. So, and then I had an experience on a walk of my paternal grandmother 
And she said, write it for us. And I wasn't thinking about a book. And she's come in several dreams, although I never met her. And I thought, write it for us. What does that mean? So I did what we call in Jungian work, an active imagination, which is using your creativity to, to have a conversation with these figures in your dreams or symptoms or whatever. And she was talking about for the mother line, write it for the mother line, mm. because mine and probably yours, but mine has certainly been muted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, it's, okay. Wow. Kara, you know, it's amazing. I remember seeing pictures of my grandma's mother, who is originally the one who came from Germany oh. uh, on the border of Hungary and Germany. And she looked like a tough frog. Oh, yeah. And I, I was looking at all the pictures of her sitting there with my little grandma, who was like five. And I was like, wow, what type of woman was this? What was it, you know, what was it like yeah. for her? And it's like, you know, I'd like to get in those pictures and ask her questions. Like, what would she tell me of her trip? Yeah from Germany or, you know, what wisdom does she have coming to the new world? I mean, there's just so much we can learn from our ancestors that often our culture is like, yeah, they're old people. They don't know. And we often just want to wing it ourselves. And we do things the hard way sometimes like, we well, do. we could, we could just ask people who've been around the block a few times. Exactly. <laughs> just, <laughs> just close your eyes and breathe and imagine she's right in front of you. Get very centered. Mm -hmm. And then imagine she's there and say, you you know, something like, you've come into my life right now, and I don't know why. Could you give me your response of what is this about? And mm -hmm. you just do it like a conversation in your creative imagination. Wow. You'll get that's, something. That's I suggest powerful. you write it down. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I'm going to go get the picture tonight. It's okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is powerful. Well, what brought you to Jung? Starting um, studying Jung in particular, because there's a number of psychologists for it. Why, why Jung? Uh, well, I was first. I remember when he died. I was reading the newspaper. I'd never heard of him, and it said Psychiat Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung has died, mm -hmm. in his bio. So I said to my mom, "Who's Carl Jung?" And she said, "Oh, he changed the history." of psychiatry and art. She said, more importantly, how we look at ourselves. Now, my mom was a nurse anesthetist. She was very sensing, thinking, facts, facts, facts. So for her to say that was something. So then when I was getting my master's degree at University of Washington, I had to have what they call a theoretical framework, something that you work off of. So um, my advisor told me about the Myers-Briggs test that was based on Jung. Mm. So I used it. And for my measurement device, which turned out to be really interesting, but that's neither here nor there. So um, when we moved to Boulder, mm -hmm. I had said, okay, I need to downsize. <laughs> I really need to downsize and clear mm -hmm. the decks. And I'm standing in the, um, in the uh, Pearl Street Square outside with my, at the time, my three-year-old. And I thought, I could be anything. I could be a janitor. I could be here in my sweats. Nobody knows me or what I do or they don't care. They're in their lives. Okay. And then go to the Boulder bookstore. So I go to the Boulder bookstore. I have no idea why I'm there. My daughter already loved books. So she was all settled in. And I was standing in front of psychology and believe it or not, a book fell off the, off the 
shelf. And it was called The Symbolic Life by Carl Jung. So I bought it. I didn't understand it, but I bought it. And things kept unfolding like that. Mm. People I would meet yeah. uh, say, you, you really need to explore this. Mm. So I went into a Jungian analysis and I was blown away. I really was. It's very hard work, but I was shocked at the things that I saw, realized wow. from my dreams and symptoms and so on. Yeah. And I'd been working in um, the human potential movement transformation for decades before that happened. Mm. And I thought, oh, we got to the bottom line. We didn't. There is no end to the journey. I love that. Yeah. I love that because I think one thing in our culture, we strive for this idea of reaching the pinnacle of success. What is that? Uh -uh. It's like the pinnacle of perfection. Uh, perfection today could change for you tomorrow based on whatever your feelings are. I feel this is perfect. No, tomorrow I feel that's perfect. And so the idea of you're reaching this goal to get to absolute yeah. success. Well, what is success? You reach a million dollars. Now what? Exactly. Years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a book called Hope for the Flowers. And it was about these caterpillars climbing up, climbing up because they wanted more and more and more like our, our society. They wanted to be the top of the heap. But then when they got to the top, they fell off. Oh, no. So the last pages you see caterpillars flying off. Oh, wow. There was nothing more. It was supposed to be a children's book, but I think not. Yeah, it was deeper than that. Big message, big message, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I, what I love about this is I think the pinnacle of our work here on this planet is really the unwrapping and unraveling of our own selves and understanding ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. Once you understand yourself, then you can give so much more. What is your gifts to give to the world? What are your talents? I don't think you can even bridge that and begin to put that out there to the world until you really understand yourself. And, and you're saying understand, I get what you mean, yeah. but I think it's deeper. I think it's have a, a felt sense, Eugene Genlin used to call it, a felt sense of who am I. And that's where dreams and symptoms are so powerful. And a lot of them come through the toughest stuff, wow. you know, trauma, loss, grief, because it just shakes you to the nubbins. Oh. And yeah, we can't think ourselves out of that. There's so, no way. So you're saying actually some of the most traumatic events where it's a death or a disease or those super traumatic events are what bring us to our force us to the edge, the cliff where now yes. we're forced to kind of look in inward ourselves and start to unravel those layers. Can I give you an example? Yeah, because I see this really clearly in my mind. So when I was at Walter Reed as an army nurse um, on the lunchtime I'd walk down the hall and coming in the other direction were these group of soldiers wounded soldiers mm. who had lost much of their face yeah. in the war vietnam so i turned away mm. i thought i thought well i don't want to embarrass them but one day one of them came up to me and stopped me and he said why do you turn away from me mm. and i said uh well i didn't want to embarrass you and he said no you didn't want to embarrass you mm -hmm. looking at this mess of no, what's no longer a face. Mm -hmm. So that soldier, bless him, that soldier really was a catalyst for me to don't turn away from things that are awful. Mm -hmm. Now on the freeway, when there are accidents, of course, all, everybody becomes a looky-loo and they want to <laughs> see what happened. Is it someone I know? But they're safe. 
because mm-hmm. there's distance. But mm-hmm. when it's a loved one, we can't look away. We can mm-hmm. try, but it won't work. Yeah. We can and, try. And part of that looking away, I find it interesting. Many years ago, my grandma was going towards death and she had pancreatic stage four cancer. Ooh. And she started to say, I'm dying and I want to talk this through because I know I'm heading towards death. And yeah. everyone in my family said, hey, no, you're going to go home. It's going to be great. You're going to get all better. I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 she's not. She knows it. Let's, let's just talk to her about what she's going through. Let's help her through this. And everyone was like, stop it. Get out of here. You're being negative. I'm like, no, grandma wants well, to wor- go through You're being this. real. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, she started interestingly having dreams about angels saying that you'll soon be with us. And her mother, the one I talked about in those pictures saying, you know, we're waiting for you. And I'm like, Grandma, tell me about this. What's going on? And so she she was having these dreams. Like you said, dreams are very powerful. And I think the dreams were preparing her towards that, that you know. Absolutely. Cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my mother, mm-hmm. my Finnish mother, was not religious. She said to me one time, I was in my 20s. She said, I wish I had your faith, but I just never have. The Finns are very, <laughs> pretty. they can be pretty cut and dry. It's probably where all their art comes from because it's got to come out somewhere. And yeah. on her deathbed, maybe three days, two days before she died, she started talking in Finn. And her face was like this. I said, Mama, who are you talking to? And she said, my mother, my father, your Uncle Leo. You know, she was naming the people who in her family who had died. And she, and then she giggled and she said, oh, that's right. You can't see them yet. Oh. <laughs> now wow. for my mother to do that, believe me, got my attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I, I, you know, why do you think, I mean, you've studied people and the human potential. Why do you think people are so scared of going through grief and death in particular? It's kind of like we go, no, 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 but it's something that, you know, is going to be ultimate for everyone. We're going to pass through and end up towards death. Why do we push away from it so much? Fear. You know, I think all creatures, nature, nature really is so much my God. I think of my dog, Rosie. And the first time it snowed, we were living in a farmhouse on this acre. And Rosie was the happiest dog. She was a Wheaton Terrier. And she saw that white. And I saw her and her paw just barely touched the white. And then she pulled it away. And then she put her other paw in it. And then she pulled away. And finally, she stepped into it, and then she started frolicking in the snow. You know, we don't know what death is. We have thoughts about it. But, you know, like, do you remember, was it Plato or Socrates? They, their, their metaphor was the, or their analogy was these blind men in a cave, mm. and there was an elephant there, and yeah. they all thought, oh, this is a tree with a leg, or this is whatever they this is a fan you they know kept the guessing. Ears. yeah yeah they, and, but none of them have the whole picture none of us have the whole picture i've just been um <laughs> fortunate and sometimes unfortunate to have experiences of death and after death and so it to me it's not a okay let me give you my husband okay he was a chief pathologist at harborview very scientific man he, he was so just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. So I said to him one time, okay, Ed, when you're in the, um, in the lab where you're dissecting, what happens with the weight of the person? And he says, you know, that's interesting because 
the weight that we're given on the chart is one thing, but after they die, they weigh a tiny bit less. And I said, what do you think that is? And as a scientist, he says, well, energy never dies. Hmm. Wow. You know what I would have thought is uh, purely coming from thought and not heart. I would have said, oh, maybe they just lost some, you know, when they die, they said sometimes you lose some of your fluids or whatever. Right. I would have thought, right. oh, that's that. And it's like, right. No, but because, I no. because we are terrified of the unknown. So we want to make sense of it. Oh, that's because that happened. Maybe the chart was wrong. We mm -hmm. want to, because we don't want to step into that snow. Mm, like that, your dog. We do yes. not. Yeah. No, it might be dead. We might not come back. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's yeah. interesting. I had heard um, an experiment done by a scientist many, many years ago where they did just what you're talking about. They actually were studying people as they passed and they had them on a bed um, that was like a weight, um, a measurement scale. Yeah. And they actually recorded that they did lose a teeny bit of weight yeah. as they passed. And so, you know, they were like, well, what is that? Our spirit, our soul passing. And it's, you know, because it's amazing. You can't see it. So where did it go? How did it happen? Where does weight? it go? And oh, what if it goes to a really awful place? It's like being in the dark, you know. Mm. But um, years ago, I think it was in my early 30s, I did a residency with... Um, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know, the death lady, the five stages. Oh, yeah. And and the interviews in that uh, were interviewing people who had been measured as clinically dead. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so they all said the same thing. Now, this wasn't the light, the tunnel, the da-da-da. No, what they said was at the moment of their death, mm -hmm. they were asked two questions. Who and how do you love and how do you serve Wow. How do you serve? Now, who was and asking I, the question? Where did they come from? Uh, Elizabeth was asking them. Oh, okay. She was okay. asking, oh, well, after they were dead, measured clinically as okay. dead, okay. then they had that. Okay, great. They had that question. So, you know, being exposed to this stuff mm -hmm. as much as I have, it's just taught me so much to pay attention, mm -hmm. not to my brain, mm -hmm. because the heart is 5,000 times more has more energy than the than the brain. Mm -hmm. Heart math in Colorado found that out. So I thought, okay, why don't I look to the infallible, which is nature? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I was walking, I lived near the water and and early on when we moved here, I was I'd walk along this dock and I saw this really mucky, ugly, ugh, swarmy water, all brown and yuck. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, God, I wonder if that's going to start smelling. And I kept walking by noticing the same thing. And then and then I my mind went to other things, the heron or the seagull, whatever. But then the season changed. Mm. And I started to see these little tiny roots coming up from somewhere in the mud. Mm. And day by day, the roots grew, these green roots. Mm. And then I started to see leaves these gorgeous leaves and ultimately the water lily it was a whole garden of water lilies wow. so i thought my god just like the oyster you know starts yeah. with dirt a grit mm -hmm. um to produce the pearl this is the same thing yeah. mud and in some cultures they believe that mud and their spittle they spit into it it's the beginning of life 
Hmm. It's so interesting. I mean, it's a completely different way of framing things, isn't it? It is. Now, you just mentioned something about the heart before and how we often will go straight for reason. Now, it's interesting because the heart itself in our chest is the pump. So what really resides the heart? What is the heart really? It's not really that pump inside of us just pumping. It's something deeper than that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think the interesting thing about the heart is it has its own pace. Mm. Nothing else outside it stimulates it to beat. And in the heart, if you think, okay, our heartbeat, your heartbeat is first um, a a beat and then a rest, a beat and then a rest. And we're like that. We're here, but we need resting place, resting place. And the more we give ourselves resting place via um, some kind of practice, prayer, meditation, yogi, Mm. engage meditation. A lot of mine is from art after I meditate and writing. The more we do that, we can find what philosophers have said, quietude, the wee small voice. Mm. But what's so hard is that we become like living in the matrix, you know, <laughs> we're, we're so automated. Yeah. We're in such a freaking rush mm. that we can't hear it. We just hear the music of our mind. Mm. Oh, no, you should do this. You should do that. You should do that. So it's very hard. And frankly, it's threatening. Wow. Because we don't know what's going to come up. Different people experience different things. I experience um, pure quiet and this warmth and light. But I couldn't see that in the anatomical structure of the heart. It's something else. It's something beyond. What One woman I know said, you know, she says, I don't believe in woo-woo, but I have to say, when I'm thinking of someone and they call on the phone, and suddenly the phone rings and it's that person yeah that's happened to me totally okay how do yeah. you explain that yeah you and can't i think we're facts. intertwined yeah i think honestly yeah i think honestly what we see physically is way deeper like i think spiritually you're intertwined and we don't even realize it because i i've been in a different country and my cousin that i was thinking about called me or something and i'm like how did she know i was i know Yeah, I know. It has a lot of practical applications, please, because (laughs) if we listen to it, we won't stumble all over so many obstacles. But nonetheless, the ego will go, no, 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 don't pay attention. That's foolishness. That's pure foolishness. Or that's a coincidence. That just, ooh. Exactly. They'll explain it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My sister is one of those. Really? She'll go, it's bullshit. (laughs) I go, it's okay, because I have discovered we're experiential learners yeah and we all come here with a different purpose and a different way in the world on our own journey and ours is not to convince anybody Mm -hmm. it's to experience really living yeah i love that you say experiential because that's my favorite like when you go to school and college a lot of it's just thrown at you stuff from the you know the professors the teachers and it doesn't stick because you're not experiencing it you haven't become exactly. one with it exactly but it's when you get the information then you go out into the real world and you start to experience it like you have the jung that you studied now you can manifest it and you're like oh now i get what he's talking about yeah 
Yeah. Now, now you've experienced it. Well, it yeah, and I the Jung that I studied and in my own analysis uh, gave me a framework, mm -hmm. but not the experience. Yeah. I had to have the experiences, and I go, oh, now I get it. You know, like on page two fifty six of Memories, Dreams, and Reflections that he wrote, and he didn't let it be released until after his death. I can see why. But on that page, which I've memorized, it, he said, "This journey is lonely." And one shouldn't begin unless they're willing to see it through. And it's really true. In fact, my, my supervising analyst in Zurich said, we feel sorry for you. I said, why? Going back to America. P Americans, they want it fast, fast, fast. And that's not what the journey is. Mm -hmm. So you're going to probably feel pretty lonely. Yeah, yeah. I love your dog. I love that dog. He's going to like saying, pay attention. So, <laughs> so, He's like, you just know, like we were saying, you guys, you need to pay attention pay to me. Pay attention. So, you know, whether it was the grief of um, losing my only son um, when I was 45, which shattered my life. And I, I, I was terrified, you know, like I'll never go, go back. Well, yeah, I let, never was the same. Mm. But man, I learned about the seasons of life and who's there and who's not there and how to find compassion for myself. Yeah. And when I broke both my ankles four years ago in one fall, and it took a year to learn to walk again, wow. again, I learned so much from what was a painful experience. Some of them very uh, body experiences. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dr. Barker, what I find interesting as well is the fact that, you know, when this COVID thing happened, the blessing I find in it is that it forced us to pause. Yeah. Whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. I, and I think that was, a ble I didn't like a lot of the, you know, shutdowns or whatever yeah. And, yeah. and all this other stuff. But I love the fact that we were all like, what are we here for? All of a sudden I saw my friend, my family, uh, colleagues saying, all right, what do I want in my life? What's important to me? Like they started asking the questions and it was because that pause caused people to just stop, get off the, you know, the roller coaster as it was and just like, okay, what, what do I want the next 60 years, 20 years, 30 years? Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. And 55% and of them haven't gone back to work. And I think it's really related to that. Like, is this really how I want to invest my life? Mm -hmm. You know, here's something I think is really interesting. I, I, I don't have enough numbers of people to say it's scientific, but mm -hmm. suffice it to say it is 27 women who have lost their children. Mm -hmm. And I, I started noticing they weren't freaked out by COVID. And so we started to have a conversation about that. You know what they all said? Mm -hmm. The worst has already happened. Oh. They lost their child. How much worse can it get? It wasn't that they were indifferent to the numbers of people that were dying. That's not true at all. Yeah. But if we're open, if we do the deep dig, we come to a place like, all right, okay. Yeah. So now what? Yeah. Now what? You, you know, I love that you say that, Dr. Barker, because there was a um, 
business sales mentor I was working with and we were working through our sphere of sales and whatever. He's like, okay, what's the worst thing? He would ask each one in the, in the class. So what's your worst fear? Oh, I could end up homeless. I'll not get the selling thing down. And you know, and then I'll be, I'll die in the streets starving. He's like, okay, so that's the worst possible scenario, right? Let's work backwards from that. And then he'd have his work like, okay, you're living that existence. How would it end up? Would you actually end up in the street? What would happen tomorrow if say you didn't make a sale or you lost your job? And when you start breaking it down, it's like, no, you have a house, it's paid off. You're probably not going to be in the street overnight. You'll probably be able to get another job in the meantime to make a little extra cash so you get your sales going. He was able to show the people in the room, all of us, including myself, that, you know, sometimes the worst things we come up with won't manifest. It's like the craziness we're drumming up in our head, but it's worse than bring out the worst and and we'll still be able to get through it. It's you not know, as bad as we think. Yeah. You'd be a great cognitive therapist. Really? You know, yeah. <laughs> zeroing down, you know, like Roto Rooter, zeroing yeah. down to it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But and I think what's um compromised us is we have completely forgotten the meaning of money. Yeah. Money comes from in uh centuries ago, there was a temple of Monatea. Monetea was so there was no money mm -hmm. there was exchange so the person would come in and give their rooster or their loaf of bread or whatever uh -huh. and they would be bestowed a, a blessing so in other words money is really exchange yeah so if I'm worried about that I'm not present. Mm -mm. And when I first started my practice, you know, you start with one person and it's like, oh my God, how am I going to pay the bills? Yeah. And then I remembered Mona Tay and I thought it doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is be present with this human being. Yeah. That's what matters. Wow. And then boom. Boom. The rest will follow. Dr. Barker, I would love to chat longer, but we're about to be cut off in less than a minute. Okay. So I don't want everyone to leave without finding out how they can get a copy of your book, find out more about you. How can they do that? Uh, uh, well, the easiest way is on Amazon.com. Uh, if they look up my name and the name of the book, Nightlight, mm -hmm. my, my soul speaking, body listening, I just twisted that up. Oh no worries. Nightlight. My soul calling, body listening, heart speaking. Um, they will find it there. There's a digital form. I don't recommend that because I've also put artwork in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people told me they've actually reread it and, and kept note cards mm -hmm. of things they wanted to dig deeper. So I think that's easier. And uh, toward the end of this month, I recorded this summer the audio book. Because people said, I want to hear your voice, too. Thank you, Dr. Carly Barker. It was great having you here joining us today on Savvy Broadcasting. It was a great pleasure for sharing your great wisdom. Everyone, please go out and get a copy today of Nightlight, My Soul Calling, Body Listening, Heart Speaking. You can get a copy on all major booksellers, Amazon, and find out more about Cara at Cara Barker, that is C-A-R-A. B-A-R-K-E-R dot -E com. And thank you, Dr. Barker, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.